back to another episode of the Cyber Queens. Thanks for bearing with us. We are a little late getting started today because we wanted to give our guests time to uh, link all of her profiles if she wanted to. Um, that being said, today is a super exciting day on the Cyber Queens. We are really excited. We have cyber security girl, Miss Caitlin Sarian herself here on the podcast with us. Caitlin, welcome to the Cyber Queens podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited. I feel like I'm now officially part of the Cyber Queens. Who knew? You're definitely part of the Cyber Queens. You're definitely part of cyber royalty. Now it's official. Um, it's official. Every, everyone who's been on the podcast is cyber royalty. It's just how it is. I'll um, I'll take, yeah, I would, we're, we're like thrilled. I'm like, so I met Caitlin uh, earlier this year at RSA for the first time. And then we ran into each other again at Black Hat. And Caitlin very, very boldly did not have a Black Hat plan. So we ended up doing a lot of things together just because I was like, are you going to go here to this? She was like, sure, I'll go with you. Uh, so it was ex exceptional. But Caitlin, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, what you have done, and um, about, about what you do in cyber. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Caitlin. Most uh, of the public know me as Cybersecurity Girl, which is very odd to me still. It's still it's still a new thing, even though it's been around now for like a year and a half, two years. Um, but uh, I have been in cybersecurity now for 10 years. I started as a consultant at EY. Um, loved every every bit of it. I traveled around. I did I ended up you know, specializing in data privacy and protection, which allowed me to move to London for a few years. Uh, moved back, worked for a global law firm, and then worked and moved to another consulting company, and then moved over to TikTok. Um, I started getting in the cybersecurity education and awareness space literally just because I started my TikTok. So before I started that channel, I didn't want to start a TikTok for the various cybersecurity reasons that most people want to, want to argue about. Um, but I started it right after they decided to move all of their uh, servers over to the US and they and they paired up with Oracle. So once that happened, I was like, okay, I feel safe about it. I read their privacy policy and I was like, you know what, if I'm going to start a TikTok channel, I want to be a force for good and not, you know, just start it to, to make some fun, random videos. And uh, I was really seeing how social media was really hurting a lot of people. It was helping a lot of people, but it was also hurting a lot of people. And so I wanted to be a force for good. And I really tinkered with a lot of ideas on how, what I could do and how I could bring value and add value to the world. And um, it was, I, I decided that I wanted to encourage more women in STEM because I did engineering before I went into cybersecurity. And, and then I realized, you know, everyone thinks I'm some freaky genius for being in cybersecurity or that I know how to code. And I was like, you know what? I don't even know how to code. Like I learned how to code in school and I've never touched a piece of code since I left and I've been in cybersecurity for 10 years. So it started this whole you know, spiral of how I'm gonna educate the public on what cybersecurity is, um, how to get in and encourage more women in STEM. And then it just so happened that it started being more of an educational space for all users, um, all online you know, technology users on how they can be safe online. And that's where my data privacy came in and um, I really started helping people understand the data that they're basically their digital footprint. So I'm really happy to be here. Uh, my cybersecurity career has progressed into something that I absolutely, I already loved it, but I just love the journey that you get with being in cybersecurity. I'm sure you guys have had interesting journeys because there's no, there's no right way or wrong way. And there's so many different areas of cybersecurity. So just happy to be here. Absolutely. Gosh, I love everything about that. Caitlin was one of those people that I was like, gosh, I like I admire everything she does online so much. But I wonder when I meet her if I'm going to hate her or if she's going to be like down to earth, and, like a cool person. Caitlin's a phenomenal person. Caitlin is super cool. Um, so, yeah, love your platform. Love everything you talk about. You and Amber actually are killing it over there on TikTok. Um, but I would say 
I don't know of, of anyone tackling Amber and being like, you're engineer Amber, but people come up to me and call me by my handle. And I feel like people call you by your handle a lot too. <laughs> they like, yeah. Yeah. Call you cybersecurity girl. <laughs> I was very much avoiding it for the first like year and a half because I was, I was really em embarrassed. I'm not going to lie. I was really embarrassed of my platform and I didn't have any, like most people when I worked at the law firm and when I worked at my consulting, uh, Protivity. No one knew that I had it. Uh, it was just my. It was just cybersecurity girl. My first and last name was not visible. Like even my emails, nothing was affiliated with my. Like everything was like forwarded like four times to my actual name, um, unless they did like a Google reverse image search. And even then, I don't think it would have done it. I I I practiced and tried it multiple times. I was like, would be would people be able to find out who I am? Um, and it really wasn't until I went to TikTok where I was like, okay, I'm gonna actually put my name on this. Um, Amber, what about you? Was it the same for you with your TikTok? No, mine's more on LinkedIn. I mean, I would say hers <laughs> is more professional. <laughs> no, my my TikToks at first were like very like <laughs> I tried to mix dating and cybersecurity. Like I tried to mix mix like the dating videos I would see and kind of use that same like sound bit to do for like the office kind of stuff and and geared towards cyber. And then that's when I was like, you know what? Like I. It's actually, that's actually how I got introduced to you was because you did a stitch of one of my videos and it was so like empowering and sweet. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like somebody doesn't hate me, you know? And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> so I, no, I, I, you. I started doing educational ones too, but mine's, mine's more on LinkedIn. I would say you're crushing it, girl, on your platforms. Thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah I, think Amber. I think mine's more embarrassing because Amber, you're like actually like more technical you're explaining like like key cybersecurity concepts it's mostly for people that are like already in cyber and kind of know mine is like it's lit most of my stuff is like basic entry level stuff and so it was embarrassing for me because I've, I've obviously been in this for 10 years i obviously know like the higher you know crazier things but people general people have no idea what we're talking about and so i was really trying to hit like the more general audience and i was like oh my gosh if like the partners see that I'm like talking about privacy in like this type of way. This is so embarrassing. Um, that's why yours is like, yeah, yours is like LinkedIn ready. Like you are so it's like, it's yeah. Some of my stuff. Okay. Anyway. I was gonna say you're both, you're both doing it so well. And I think that demonstrates how there's a need for both types of content, right. In this yes. space, like one that speaks to practitioners and one that does speak to a more general audience who isn't going to be highly technical like us. Um, you know, and I just, by the way, I just want to call out for the audience. You know, Caitlin is over here with like half a million followers on TikTok and she's over here saying like, I'm so embarrassed by my platform and like, she's got imposter syndrome too. So I guess it never goes away, no matter how goes famous away. you It never have. goes away. I have a question for you. So did your employers have a problem with it at the time? Uh, you're, we're going to get into your background now, but like, cause you're a self-employed now, which is awesome. But um, did they ever come to you and say you have to remove it or try to like, sponsor you or anything downplay it no actually they they really didn't know until i moved to tiktok and the only reason why i got my tiktok job was from my tiktok so like they clearly knew that i had one um but the other two really had no idea and then i will say one of them one of the partners didn't understand at my consulting job about like how tiktok worked and he was getting he it it, yeah, it was, we don't have to talk about it. It was getting a little weird. He was like, yeah, how much time do you spend on TikTok? I'm like, I'm doing yeah. my work here and I don't have a family. Like this is my life outside of work. Yeah. So allow me that space because it's not interfering. Like, but a lot of people mm. just don't get social media. Like it yeah. literally took, I, I recorded a video of like getting ready for this with like a trending sound that was like a six second video. And that took me like 
20 minutes to do. And I'm like, okay, you probably think these videos, because for the normal person, it takes a long time. But anyways, they, they didn't have issues until I left. And then, yeah. Mm. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Um, just because you, so you said you majored in engineering in college. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we always love to hear people tell their like got into cyber stories. So you originally worked at EY as a cybersecurity consultant. So what attracted you to cyber and what was your first role in cyber and how did you get it? Yeah, so I literally did mechanical engineering, like not even computer science. Y'all like MATLAB, we only learned MATLAB in school because I didn't do computer science. And that was MATLAB and physics were like my worst classes ever. Like I barely passed both of them. And MATLAB's like probably the easiest language. I don't even think it's, I don't consider language. Anyways, so I was didn't know what I wanted to do. I did mechanical engineering because I was like, okay, that's like the foundation of every engineering. It's just like basic. And I started doing um, tech consulting interviews. And when I interviewed at EY, one of the ladies that interviewed me, who's now still my mentor, Danielle, she was like, hey, we're starting a cybersecurity practice. Like, would you be interested in like coming in as a tech uh, consultant, but we'd like kind of pair you and tie you to all the cybersecurity, you know, uh, projects. And I was like, uh, sure, but I've literally never, I don't even know what that is. Like, I remember going home and telling my parents and my dad was like, I think that sounds like a, that's like an up and coming year. You should try it. And I was like, I literally have no idea what it is, but like, I'm going to go for it. And that's how I got in. And like I, everything I learned was on the job. Like, and again, to yeah. this day, I've never coded. And that's why I'm like so passionate because there's genius people that obviously cybersecurity, I feel like is like, our own little bubble and we want to like protect it and be like only like these types of people are in it but mm -hmm. because of that i feel like it's like similar to like an like a boys club it's like a cyber security club and it, we're we're not allowing people that maybe not like maybe don't have like the coding skills to get in or like we're not being as welcome as we should be and there's so many roles that are open right now and we just need i mean cybersecurity is not going to die anytime soon so i just really wanted to like break that stigma of like you have to be some freaky genius to get in. You have to know how to code and like what it, like you would need to like crack, you know, the algorithm from the U.S. government at age 13 in order to get it. Like none of that is a thing. I mean, you can't, but <laughs> that's what we do here. That's why we started this whole thing was so people could understand like you can just be like whoever you were and just try cyber one day and like do very, very well at it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um. Okay. So. I love, so I love that you, you basically leaned on a, like a network connection that you had to, um, to get your first cyber role, but then that you really grew into it and you really took to the, to the material and you, you know, you were like, I see how this could be done better. This could be done better. By the way, no one here is a gatekeeper. We are all barrier breakers here on the cyber queens. So, um, just love that, love that for the audience. So tell us how your creating TikToks led to you getting a job as a global cyber leader at TikTok. Yeah. So I was creating like educational, funny content about, you know, key cybersecurity issues like phishing, social engineering, all that stuff, which we'll, I know we're talking about a little bit later. But um, the head of I think it was she was originally the head of uh, governance, risk and compliance at TikTok. Um, and she reached out to me to kind of either meet them at RSA last year, come speak or uh, she, basically she just reached out to me and I was like, oh, like I'm not going to be at RSA this year, but like would love to stay in touch. And I actually got reached out to by TikTok privacy, the privacy team, because again, I specialize in data privacy and I worked at like a global law firm for a very long, uh, for a while and have a lot of experience in it. And I love it. Um, so I actually interviewed with their privacy team, got the job with their global privacy team. And then I remembered that she had reached out to me and I reached out to her being like, hey, 
by the way, like I just interviewed with privacy. I'm pretty sure I got the job. And she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like if you, I didn't know you were looking for a job, like we really need you to like help with education and awareness here at TikTok. And so I ended up having, I think it was like nine or 10 interviews, a lot of interviews. And it was like my choice of like, do I want to stay in privacy or do I want to go into this like new space of like education and awareness? And I really love what I do at t- like uh, when I'm doing my TikToks and that's education and awareness to the general public. And so I kind of got to like make up this role. It wasn't a role that existed before, um, which was really, really cool. But I think it's a role and we can go through this soon. But I think this it's a role that's needed for honestly every large company. So not only did I was I responsible for, you know, making sure people are understanding the importance of cybersecurity, data privacy, et cetera, within the company. But also my role was to be able to educate the public, educate our consumers and our users on TikTok on how they can stay safe, how they can utilize um, all of the security tips, the v, um, you know, two-factor authentication, how you can turn on VPN, all that stuff um, through TikTok. So it was a really, really cool role where I got to make fun TikToks that was like posted on the TikToks tip page and then also make fun videos internally for our own users. And so it was a really, really cool uh, job that to have and it was really needed. And I, uh, yeah, again, I think every company that's at least a large company needs to start focusing on educating their users and not just their employers. But that's neither here nor there. That's Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Erica. No, I was, no, we, I, I, mean, was gonna... I believe it's cybersecurity awareness training, but why does it why does it not land? Why does it suck so bad? Why is it's it so, so bad? <laughs> and there's so many I companies was just out there. I'm gonna say that it's so bad and boring and just terrible. Because I worked for a company called CoFence, and they did manage phishing detection and response, and they were originally called FishMe. And you know, when you do your simulations and you send them out to your employees, like like you have to try to catch them in a fish, but what else are you doing to really educate? And, you know, you said you made, made videos, but what did that look like, you know, day to day? You don't have to go through every day, you know, what you did, but can you give us like the 30,000 foot view over that? Because how can other employers make it fun and make it better? Because I know that this is needed as well. I used to, you know, I sell this and I talk about this all the time in sales, but talk about that. How, how, give us some tips on how they can make it better. We need to make it stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think there's a few factors as to why it gets a little weird. And I noticed this when I worked at TikTok. legal comes in and kind of changes like scripts around. So like when I made like really great fun scripts, they're like, this also needs to include like these specific sayings. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like I've read that. I've read that law. It's not needed. But like, if you need me to put it in and then, so a lot of like weird, like legal jargon comes in or like it gets reviewed, like, especially in the corporate environment, it gets reviewed a lot by multiple people, like marketing, PR, because especially at TikTok, anything internally, we're expecting it to go external. Like someone's going to say something. So like, we we have to talk to PR, we have to talk to legal and it it ends up like adding a bunch of extra stuff in that like is not necessary. Like a lot of the, the videos I make are like 30 second videos and they're funny and they like relatable. And that's like what it is. It's like, you're not going to try to like bog them down in legal jargon or like try to explain some technical terms as to why this is important. Like they don't care. They're not in cybersecurity. They just don't understand. And it has, it's not like a personal attack against cybersecurity people. They just, you need to make it relatable to them and for them to understand that it's important, but like in a fun way, like, you're not like shoving stuff down their throats to have them 
like remember stuff. They don't want to know. Like, why how would you? Why would non-cyber people want to know about cybersecurity? How did how did you break those barriers? Because you seem to be pretty successful at it, and you've got you've grown, right? Highly, so how did you break through that? <laughs> um, I think it's because I was never in cybersecurity up until I like got in and consulting, and so like I feel like I was one of those people. Like I didn't care or know anything about cybersecurity. Like why would I? So what would I want to watch? Like what would you guys want to watch? Like I'm sure. Okay, this is the best way to think about it. After work. What do you want to watch? I, I'm guaranteeing you it's probably, I mean, Meryl, I feel like you're a sneaky, like ad adorable little cybersecurity angel. So you probably <laughs> want to watch cybersecurity stuff. But like me personally, I don't, Damn it. I don't want to watch cybersecurity <laughs> stuff. And that's like the majority of the public. Like what, what makes them excited about life? Yeah. And I guarantee I'm excited you about cyber after working in cyber okay. all day. Yes, <laughs> but you also you also work in cybersecurity. There's a difference. Yeah. Like people that don't work in cybersecurity, like it's yeah. it's more like care. comedy and relatable and like how like I make jokes about phishing emails all the time in my videos of like how you feel after you've identified a phishing like email and it's like Save the world again. Yeah. Done for today. <laughs> Done yeah. for today. Or like the identity theft is not a joke. Like like find like random clips from like movies or things that people actually watch and are relatable to that you can like relate back yes. to cybersecurity. So what you're saying is if people saw their favorite Ted Lasso characters doing cybersecurity education, they would pay attention. I, <laughs> I don't, like don't you think they would? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I would. I do. I do. I do. Because it's pairing, it's pairing what they already want to see with a little bit of education. It's not like too much. It's not overwhelming. It's just like you're getting little snippets of like reminders. And then I think there's like a bunch of studies that show that you, I think someone has to see something seven times in order for them to even like grasp it or remember it. So like, even if it's like a 15, 30 second video of like something that they like to see and it's the same, even if it's the same sentence over and over again, like I didn't click on a phishing email because I saw these three things, at least it's re they're remembering that every time randomly. And it's funny. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, so. a million percent. Could not agree. What about you, Amber? How do you break? How do you break the barriers in yours? Yeah. How do you get people excited about VPNs and shit? Well, first of all, you don't. Um, I don't think that's a very sexy subject, but I think admitting that is the first step. Um, I think it's more enjoyable and more digestible to do it in the way that we're, you know. So I, I made a TikTok a long time ago. It was like ten seconds long. It was just like. Hey, and it's like, yeah, and it's like, what are we gonna do about that, right? And then it's like a, a like a smashing sound, right? And it was like, hey, what are we gonna do about that, right? And it's like, get people to give a shit about cybersecurity. Sorry, guys. And it was like, oh, <laughs> we're gonna make TikToks about it, right? Because it's like that's what people are into. It's it's so quick. That's what people don't understand. And Kaylin, I'm sure you went through this a million times. I can't even imagine a TikTok. Um, but like, even for my companies personally that I've worked at, it's like, okay, marketing wants to get involved. Actually, you and I both did that AWS one because I saw mm -hmm. your. I did mine too. And I was like, oh, cool. She did one too. Right. And it was just like, there was so much stuff where when I was making that, I was put into like this box of like what I had to say. And then like what I could say, what I couldn't say. And they're like, make sure you have this point in there. And this it was point. terrible. I was just like, this is so scripted. Like, it's not even me doing it at this point. Just make a deep fake at this point. Pay me later. <laughs> but I'm telling you, like there were so many things. And even today, like the marketing team's like, how come your stuff is working? I'm like, cause it's short. Nobody wants to hear us talk for this long. If they can watch it on their own time and it's quick and it's digestible, that's all that matters. That's how you're going to get to the public. So yeah. I don't know. I'm telling you these security videos. Oh my God. When I get on board almost anywhere, they are unbearable. It's one of those things where it's like, 
oh, we've, it, it's so bad that they're like, we've made it a point to where you can't just fast forward. We've made it a point to where you have to be like, we're like watching to see if you're actually watching the screen, right? Because I used to do that. I would open like six different windows and just play them all at once. Be like, cool, here we go. Private browsers, six of them. You don't know I'm locked in. So. I get busted. They're like, Meryl, we noticed that you uh, you completed all your cybersecurity awareness training in eight minutes. And I was like, yeah, but I got 10 out of 10s on all the quizzes, right? They're like, right? I'm like, I'm good. I'm, I'm not your insider threat right here. I'm fine. <laughs> but I would get busted because they would see how long. I was just fast forwarding each video. Scroll, 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 yeah. scroll, scroll. Yeah. So I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm yeah, Amber, no, to I'm your kidding. point, though, people like, especially with TikTok, they don't understand like the audience. So one, there's a few things. One is like, the reason why I go on TikTok is not like for most reasons, it's like it's the best way to reach the, the largest population of people. And that's like that's the whole point of my platform. Right. I want to reach as many people and help as many people. But the second is like it's not like a commercial. Right. Like people aren't forced to like watch it to, to wait till their show starts like they're going to scroll. And so like it's the same as like I honestly feel like when I get sponsor or when I accept sponsor deals, which it's very rare for me to accept. But when I expense express except to sponsor deals. Now I make sure that I'm like, okay, no, it's in my own voice. Like you, you right. can tweak certain things, but if you do, it's not going to go well because you're not the expert here. You're paying me to write the script and I'm writing the script for these people. And it's the same with training. Like there's mm -hmm. certain people that are writing training because they need to like hit certain like legal stuff or PR stuff. And that's not going to equate to people getting excited about training mm -hmm. in general. Right. Yeah. But Totally agree. Could not agree so more. Would you say that TikTok allows you to reach the most diverse group of people? And um, I, I know I'm going to ask another question. You're shaking your head. And can you talk about the importance of diversity in cybersecurity and reaching those types of audiences? Yeah. So I that's exactly, yeah. TikTok is exactly that. So on Instagram or any other social media platform outside of TikTok, it's really focused on who follows you. And then if, it, if, if it's like 99% doing well on who follows you, then it starts pushing out to people. Like if you look at my insights on, on Instagram, it will say like 293,000 of your followers watch this video and 3000 of them were non-followers. And it's like, okay, <laughs> it's clearly not going to more people. And there's only a certain videos that like pushes out to more. And whereas TikTok, it doesn't even matter who your followers are. It Every right. time it pushes it out to like a great random group of people. And then depending on how that group goes, it goes more and more and more. So it literally has nothing to do with who already follows you, which oh. means that it's reaching way more people. I mean, and also like I worked at TikTok. I actually don't know the algorithms. This is just my understanding. So yeah, tell us the algorithm. Give us all the everyone ideas. wants on this to know episode. the algorithm. I don't even know the algorithm. You know, I couldn't even get verified when I was working there. It was ridiculous. <laughs> people were asking me if I could get verified. I'm like, um, when I figure it out for myself, I'll help. I'll help you. Like I don't know. Um, You're like, add a blue tick emoji next to your name. Done. Exactly. I actually got verified right after I left. I was like, I don't know what that means. Um, but so yeah, like they push out to everyone and their mothers which i love like honestly this i started my platform to reach mostly like mothers and parents and stuff that had no idea how yeah. to like keep their their kids secure so in term and that's and diversity was literally one of the there's three reasons why i started that channel and getting more diversity into stem and cybersecurity was one of those reasons because i'm just really tired with the same people being at the top of the table or the head of the table yes like, I, I understand that they're there and they deserve to be there. And like, obviously what they did worked, but like we're in a day and age that continues to grow and learn and evolve. And if we're not bringing different types of people, different types of opinions 
and different types of answers to the table, which we won't get unless we have more diversity, then we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Now yep. I do want to preface that I, there's two, there's like opposite ends of the spectrum, right? There's people that are like, I'm only hiring for diversity, which I really do not support. Like, I think Same. you need to hire people that are right for the job. And like people that are hiring people just to like hit a diversity number. Like, I don't, I don't want that. That is not fair to anyone. Like you want to do what's best for your company, but you need to consider like, you know, diversity. And the other thing about the other thing I want to mention is not really diversity, but like entry level into cybersecurity. We have had so many issues. Like there's so many open jobs right now and all these entry level roles are requiring three, five, six years of experience, which yeah. makes no sense. And then we're shooting ourselves in the foot in the future because we're not even allowing actual entry level people to get into cybersecurity to have those skills. We're not training them up. And to be honest, like when I first started cybersecurity, I was so eager to learn. Like to be fair, people are probably a lot better hiring like the brand new, like fresh, eager eyes into their company than someone that's a little jaded after six years. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. And well, because you can mold them. And yes, you can, you can teach mold them, them and, and train them. And, and they're, they're hungry not, they for it. Bad habit. Well, they, and, and they, they want it. Habits. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and all I was reading a study that the boomers they're retiring, and we're not even going to have enough people to work at all in any industry. So cyber is really, really going to struggle. And this entry level crap bullshit that's going on that you have to have three to five years in a CISSP, which you can't even get a CISSP unless you have five years of work experience. Yeah, no, I, that's just, I, I mean, I've seen that like five years in a CISSP, like you can't even get that if it's entry level, but whatever. That's not my point. The point is, is that we're going to have a huge problem. Mm -hmm. And all of these people that get recycled that are the same people that are getting the same jobs, which, you know, they're there for a reason you're going to have the same opinions and you're not going to change and move with the times because then when those people retire, we're screwed. Hackers, gonna, you know, bad guys are going to win. Right. But, yeah. So that's, and, and diversity people from different backgrounds, you know, they bring so many things, but they don't want to hire that person because of whatever their misconception is about that underrepresented community or culture. Yeah. And, I, there's so many things that they can bring. And I like that you're hitting all, all of this because it's just another woman, another diverse person talking about how we need diversity. And we're actually trying to do something about it because I don't agree with hiring just for a diverse diversity. Don't hire. Cause I've been interviewed just because I'm a woman. Like, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, that's fine. Then yeah. It's fine. Like once, if, <laughs> you know, in, when I want to get in the industry, but if you're continuing to hire me just because you can check that box and then you're just going to hire the same person that looks like you, after me, it's, it's going to become a problem. I don't think we should be doing either. I don't think we should be hiring just for what you know or hiring just for diversity. Like if you have two pretty equally qualified candidates, be a little more intentionally diverse with your right. like with your picks because you're getting a pretty comparable skill set, a pretty comparable like can solve the problem that your org has. But like being intentionally diverse and being diverse to just stick token people on certain teams, that's not helping diversity at all. No. But to be fair, because of certain, like the way certain systems are set up and socioeconomic and demographical things, like you will see more of one type of demographic in a large applicant pool, then you will diverse candidates simply because they didn't have access to those knowledge, that training um, earlier in life. So um, like I've told people multiple times, I was denied for a web app pen tester position like two weeks before I got hired onto the red team at Zoom. Like it, how your value literally just depends on the market you're advertising yourself mm -hmm. in. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so I love the diversity topic and I would love to talk about that and literally nothing else, but we did promise the good people that we would talk about the importance of cybersecurity and recent breaches that are hitting Las Vegas a little hard right now. So, Caitlin, we are anxious for your opinions. As someone who is such an advocate for security awareness training and for educating basic users, um, how can programs like this, in your opinion, address like modern, like what are the most pressing threats today that organizations face from a breach perspective? And how can cybersecurity awareness training when done effectively help address those things? So I love this question. And I think a lot of like really tech people hate my answer, but you're only as strong as your weakest link. Your people are your weakest link. It doesn't matter what technologies you have, whether they're shelfware or you're actually using them, I don't care. It doesn't matter who is behind them, I don't care. If someone similar to the MGM situation gets suckered in to like a phishing, phishing email or some type of social engineering scam, you're going down. And, and this is also where we can bring diversity back in just a little bit. You need to have, and, and bring back what I had said previously too, but like you need to have someone in your company that's in charge of fun, interactive trainings for your employees, because that's like the biggest thing that you can do. I mean, again, you are only as strong as your weakest link. There's only so much you can do to keep people out until someone act, like let, lets them in on accident. And so I just think there needs to be fun training. And I think a lot of times training gets outsourced. It's like, a, you know, an ugly stepchild, like, oh, it's training. Like it's, let's check this box and we're, we're training our employees, but like, you don't we realize that this solution today. Yay. Yeah. Like, oh, our number one priority is like spending millions of dollars on this technology solution that will mean nothing if we accidentally let them in from a social engineering attempt or attack. And so I, I think more budget needs to be put onto training awareness. And you can also bring diversity in here because you know what? Having a more diverse group of people allows you to better understand what people want, all different types of people in your organization, what people want to see in a training that's not boring, that keeps people's attention, that is relatable to your general user. So diversity and training and awareness is, I think, go hand in hand because you really need to understand and re be relatable and um, digestible to every type of individual at your company in order for you to train them correctly. So I, I personally believe that more money needs to be spent on training because honestly, right now, what I see with large companies is they throw honestly a tiny amount of money into training companies that are basic and maybe like check the legal box, but they don't check anything else. Or they, they get the free version or they get the free <laughs> version of <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the security awareness free version that some companies offer. I, I, I ran into that when I worked at CoFence and I'm like, bro, that's just not enough. Like, come on. <laughs> what, what, are some of the, what are some of the best cybersecurity awareness training everyone here has taken? What, like who, who in your opinion did it well, if you got to take that training? I would nobody. Oh my gosh. I mean, like I worked for a company that, you know, they were previously called fish me and they, they had a great offering and they did have a free offering as well. Like Amazon came out with a free offering and there's some other ones that have free offerings, but I can tell you right now, I have not found one that I even would want to watch again. I just want to no, and Bang people have some experience. Like, let's take a look at what happened, right? With the Caesars and MGM thing, right? As time went on, people were like, oh, wait, what actually happened? What happened? Oh, shit. Like, yeah. I, I do that every day. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like a, <laughs> oh, it's out there. That happened from the, it's almost like use cases, right? So like as a sales engineer, our job is to go in and talk about like, 
here's the use cases, right? Okay, this part of your job sucks. That's great. Okay, this is a possible risk and breach, you know, potential breach. Great. Um, let's actually show you like what would really happen if that happened, right? Because nobody cares about like preventing it as much. Like they they care about it a shit ton after it's already happened and cleaning it up. But it's like, okay, now that we know that we're not, you know, we're definitely not, um, what is the other word? We're definitely not out of the mix of like being susceptible to risk on this now that we've proven that to the whole world. Um, but it's like, how do we get people to care about that in advance? It's almost like they have to hear it and, and have more awareness around it of like, these are things that do happen, right? Like, this is why we don't do this because look at what happened here, right? I feel like that's the best experience. And also working in a SOC, we saw that shit every day, right? We saw things and, and attacks. And I think the more you're around it um, and the more you hear about it day to day, that's that's better than all these videos that we're forced to watch. So given that we're a group of people who have both experienced the shittiness of cybersecurity awareness training and its ineffectiveness, and we are cyber advocates and that we love our cyber jobs and we, we advocate for better security, do you guys think that org should be forcing people to do it more often, more than once a year? Like what, 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 what should we do? How do we address this? So I think, I mean, I think there's like the standard <laughs> legal stuff that like, you're going to have to like check that box. And like some of, and for those, I don't mind going to an outsourced third party for that. Like those are standard legal ones. They're really not that relatable to an extent, but I think for the ones that are specific to your company, like for let's, let's pull up HIPAA, for example, or think about HIPAA and like there's it needs to be specific training for your staff who, who are involved with healthcare, all that stuff. And like the basic ones aren't really going to, show you the importance or do anything they're really boring and not relatable and not digest it's, it's like it's very like heavy legal jargon and so i think yeah. there's a, a good mix of like maybe going outsourcing like the standard basic cybersecurity training but like for your specific company you should have a team that's making it that's way more fun and relatable to stuff that your company actually uses and does and like thinks about on a day-to-day -day basis like i mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I know that there's, people are going up in the comments about like different third party training and awareness vendors. And like, I think they're all great, but they're all good for like a specific purpose. And I honestly think yeah. the best thing is just to, I mean, if you think about how much those training vendors are too, what they're like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, you could hire someone and do like specific things just for that. Mm -hmm. How about I'm hiring you? The C-level, yeah. instead of this, like the C-level executives should all get together and they should be the actors in those in those security videos. Then people would watch it. They'd be like, oh my God, look at well, this. That's and hilarious. then the C-level executives would actually know what to do. Exactly. exactly. How many C-levels are not passing their own cybersecurity training? Just curious. A Just lot, curious. dude. A lot. Uh, so I think some tabletops need to be done, honestly, for them. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been in so many tabletops where we all sit down. And I'm like, okay, what do you do when something's going bad? Uh, we all call this guy. Okay, that guy's out on vacation. Now what do you do? And they're like, <laughs> like oh, no, no one knows. <laughs> no yeah. one knows. My, my password is password still. So yeah, don't, don't, you know, the CEOs yeah. and especially yeah. the doctors in the, the healthcare field, they were the biggest offenders. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I I, I've been, in, I've been in some operations where we were going to be dead in the water. And then we tried a very default, like, like blank one, two, three, or like welcome one password. And we got in with that. We're like, no, why? Now we have to write that down as a finding that sucks. Um, yeah. That makes us sad. Does it but suck I, or does it? It's awesome. I love those. I love those findings because those are like the biggest, like, yeah. home runs to me. I'm like, <laughs> come on. You can't possibly say that you are advance in cybersecurity with all this technology and then your password's this. What's the point of that? 
Yeah, or yeah. or you're hiding it right here. It's yeah. right there for everybody to find. Lift up the mouth. Yeah. Or on your phone where somebody can hack your phone and get it out. Oh my God, yeah. Please yeah. please stop storing password as a contact in your phone and putting all your passwords there. That doesn't work either. <laughs> People do that? Oh, yes. Better. I think yes. this though, has to get better at this, right? Because this is like, these are the use cases that Eric and I would try to sell to, right? It's like, we would always sell security over productivity because it was one or the other. You couldn't have both. Right. It was like and I deal with this every single day. Right. Like cybersecurity over here. Right. But I, I was previously using a lot of the same passwords because it was just easier. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this like 65 times. Like have it teach kids tech. Right. We have to MFA into like six different things just to go anywhere. And it's just like, yeah. I, you know, we have it all. But I, I do think that there's something to be said um, about, you know, making products that weigh less on the productivity side and allow users to just do things without even noticing security is there in the background. So I do think we have to get better at that for sure. Yeah. But I mean, every nice thing you try to come up with to make your user experience better, like SSO and federated users and stuff like that, I'm going to come right along and break those things. And we're all going to go back to the stone age where we do have to log in six times. I'm sorry. I'm the problem. You're welcome. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm the problem. <laughs> I, I, think I'm the I think cybersecurity is recognizing that everyone's the problem. Everyone is the problem. Yeah, I think we've all seen the meme where it's like in this corner, you've got enterprise level XDR, next gen, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like in this corner, Steve from accounting who does not care. And we're like, and we'll bypass all of those jazzy enterprise level solutions with one click of a fish. I'm besties um, with Steve. Oh, good. <laughs> Someone's got to be out there holding Steve's hand, man. Poor Steve. I, I want a ton of Steve's to come at us in the comments and say, hi, I'm a Steven Cyber, and I feel personally attacked. By this. <laughs> I feel attacked. So <laughs> this is a good bridge into uh, asking you why, um, you know, founding Cybersecurity Girl LLC and why you left corporate America and why you founded your uh, business. Yeah. So I've realized that well, I always knew that I was put on this earth to, to do, do bigger things. And um, I always wanted to help people. And that's literally why it kind of drove me to start my TikTok channel. And when it was growing so much, I realized I'm really, really passionate about anything I, I start working on. And so when I was working at TikTok, I was working like 10, 12 hour days. And I realized like, okay, I'm building this this amazing vision for someone else. And I'm not even building my own like dream for myself. So there's a few things. One is like, I always want to be like eventually I want to be a mom and like have a family and all that stuff. And I want to have like flexibility and a corporate job at that point wasn't going to give me that. It didn't even give me a life to date, to be completely honest. I literally was like, I'm like in my thirties and I've been hustling and grinding. And I'm like, this is not, this is not where I want to be. So that was one of the reasons, but that was a, a, a smaller reason. The main reason was because I realized how much of a need this was for everyone. Like, again, we are given technology at a young age, like literally kids are swiping their phone before they even have a, their first word. And like no one, it's similar to taxes. No one ever teaches you how to use it, what to do, why it's important to do certain things. Like we've never gotten any technology education, internet education, online security education ever. And I realized that was like a huge gap as I, as I continued on my like TikTok influencer. Now it's not just TikTok, but every other social media platforms in that journey. And I really wanted to start building that out. And I want, I'm trying to, you know, build a nonprofit out and like write books and all this stuff. And I couldn't do all that being in a corporate job because like I said, once I'm really committed to something, I'm committed. So I was really, really committed to helping with TikTok. I loved what I did, but I just, I, I was limiting me from building 
I think bigger. a bigger and better dream and something that would help a lot more people. So that is why I started Cybersecurity Girl LLC. A lot of people think it's a training. Like they always ask me for corporate trainings and I've never, I haven't broken into that space yet. I'm just starting to get, I have interviews with my first few interns next week. But um, yeah, it just, there's a lot of stuff that I want to do to help educate the public on online security and education. And obviously I also want to get more STEM in, there's two buckets, right? There's like the general public and then there's the bucket of like who wants to get into cybersecurity and how, how I can help them. And so I want to, to kind of um, cater to both of those. One is like writing books and continuing with my social media on how to stay safe online. And then the other is um, coming up with a cybersecurity uh, like intro course. I already taught an intro course about a year ago, but I really wanted to come up with my own because I realized a lot of these intro courses to help people get into cybersecurity are really technically geared. They're not about GRC. They're not about awareness and training. They're not about like the soft, non-technical roles. They're, they're also cyber. so high level. They're like 30,000 foot views of like security concepts, like the CIA triad and stuff. And it's like, yeah. you haven't even told those people, these people, how that applies to like what we do. You're just like explaining these concepts. And they have no anchor points right. to like apply that. Yeah. And so it's like, I want to, and that's going to take me a while because again, like you said, like there's so many to be fair. And I, I tell this to my followers all the time. There's a lot of like clickbaity, get into cybersecurity, spend five to $10,000 and you'll get certified, like none of those help. So it's, I, I wanna build a, a cybersecurity intro course that actually like caters to what these people need and then helps them get into that job, um, what which I, is- What I've also noticed, um, not to cut you off, but what, what I also noticed is they, they clickbait you and it's like sign up for my coaching for you know hundreds of dollars a month. And it's like, okay, well, do you guarantee me to get a job? No, we don't ever no. guarantee that. Well, then wh why am I paying you? Right. Well, to, for intro, you know, intro to cybersecurity. And I'm like, well, I could find all of that free and I could do all this, but what does your coaching actually offer? And there's a lot of LinkedIn influencers now that are saying that they can do all this stuff, but I've never seen any, um, like they can't prove it. They're saying, Hey, I can help you get into cyber, hire me for coaching and do all this stuff. And that's great. I'm not, I'm not putting anybody down for that. And I think it's really good, but they don't have anything to really back it up. And I think they're starting to get exposed because they're like, yes, I can do all these things and help you get into cyber. And then they're not able to help you at all, which part of the problem is there's, you know, the entry level roles are a problem with the company. So there's two issues, but I like where you're going with it because you're actually doing instead of saying, Hey, I can help you, but you're also doing right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause these people don't know enough to even evaluate these coaches or evaluate these programs and know if they're getting a good right. deal or not. Like people are like, Meryl, I want to be a web app hacker. Should I take this course? I'm like, no, look at the curriculum. That doesn't address any of the things that you would be doing in that job. Like it sounds cool to have it, but none of these skills would apply to you actually performing in that function. So you need to target this training, target this training, like target things that actually give you skills to do that thing, not just be called that title. Yeah. I will say that the class that I did teach was uh, on uh, working with another company and they they didn't make you pay until you got a job. So like they were really, really eager to help you get a job because otherwise they're not going to get paid. And then the pay would be taken out of your paycheck. So it was like percentages over a couple of years. So it's not like some lump sum. And it was really great. Um, That's great. That was the only reason why I like worked with them. Um, but I want to do something like similar to that, where it's like, you're not like scamming, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Well, yeah, no, you're not you're slimy. 
yeah. if you're unemployed or try and you're or you're working an hourly job that's lower pay how are you gonna afford it it like right. you can't take out loans if you have bad yeah. credit or if you have too much debt yeah, you're like, like i need a job in cyber to make more money but i need to pay thousands of dollars up front to get my job in cyber to make right. more money like that is a broken wheel of viciousness well and I the schools like. schools and certification and boot camps they 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 let you take out like uh you know fast for federal loans and whatnot but then you're in debt right so we <laughs> we have student loan debt problem. we're entering i mean that i have student loan debt because i have multiple degrees you have two master's degrees and they're not in cyber or like it but you have all these boot camps that are like really expensive and they are very good so i'm again not downing any of them but like how are you supposed to work and study and that, because they require you to have work experience <laughs> to get Erica, into just cyber. invent more hours in the day duh yeah uh, yeah Right. I'm already staying up a lot of hours. You know? Well, and then the other the other thing is that we touched upon is like no one's hiring entry level right now. All the entry level are you're hiring like three to four years of experience. And so it it like causes a lot. I'm working with this security advisor alliance, which is like a lot of the CISOs of like large companies because, you know, they're they created a guide on like cybersecurity career guide. And I'm like, this means nothing because right now none of you guys are hiring entry level. So like Talk to me when you're higher entry level, like actual entry level, yeah. because mm -hmm. what do you want me to do? Like, I don't know what to tell you. I can like, like give this to someone, but it's going to be discouraging because all these people are saying like, oh, I got, you know, I got this certification. I, I, most of these people are entry level. They have more certifications than me. I'm like, certifications don't matter in my I personal opinion for certain. I don't days. have a single certification or a yeah. college degree and right. I've been doing 15 years. So yeah. I would say like I'm, a lot of the times though that people need to remember and anybody who's looking to get into cybersecurity on the technical side, I would always recommend to start at a security operations center because they're always hiring entry level. I was one of the managers that hired people, right? And I didn't care if you had a certification or not. I cared about the actual interview to see if you were a, somebody I could actually help, right? Like, can you take direction? Can you take guidance? Do you learn from failing? Do you, you know, all these things because that's what you're going to need is on the, on the job training. So I think- right like a SOC or a NOC network operations center, security operations center. That is like the number one thing you should be looking at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. All right. This episode has been 45 minutes long already. We are having <laughs> such a great time, but unfortunately we do need to bring it to the end. We do need to wrap it up and go back to our normal jobs in cyber. Uh, Caitlin, we are so excited for you and for cybersecurity girl LLC. We need more women running successful businesses and showing us that that we can be successful moguls in business and CEOs in our own right. So we are wishing all the success for you. We can't wait to see your journey and see how you develop and we will probably consume and recommend your products, I won't lie. Um, but with that, we are moving into final takeaways. So ladies, anything you wanna leave the audience with, anything from a general cybersecurity education perspective, anything for security awareness for orgs, anything to leave them with, who wants to go first? Erica, Erica. we'll have our guests, we'll have our guests first. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Why y'all give me the hard one? I just think um, security and awareness can be fun. And it's, in the, my opinion, the most important thing in cybersecurity, but I'm also a little biased. So, <laughs> so throw more money I, in security and awareness. <laughs> I love that. Um, speaking of that, they they had there was a study that I read that uh, security budgets are even being taken away more in 2023. It's the revenge of the CFO. They're you know making it a lot harder for companies to get budgets. So security and awareness training may or may not be on their radar. But I think that people need to keep trying and to do better. Companies need to make it more fun, and if not, they need to reach out to Amber and Caitlin. Um, and don't my my final takeaway is don't give up. 
We need more people in cyber, whether you want to take some free online awareness training. I know a lot of companies are offering it. If not, maybe reach out to one of us or Caitlin or Amber. But um, I'm just going to say keep trying. There are companies that are offering internships and entry level now. So keep looking out for that. I try to tag people and share those, but don't give up on us. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to oh, go for it, Meryl. No, go, no, go ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say, I think one thing I, I don't usually say on these, but Meryl made it a point on my, my first time on this podcast is find, find a few mentors, even if they're not your mentor, right? Like find people that you love learning from and follow them, whether it's any, whatever social media platform you can, right? If you, if somebody's giving you like the best shit you've ever seen on TikTok, follow them, Caitlin, go follow her. You know what I mean? Like she, I just feel like that. Cause it's always at the top of your mind. Right. And, and somebody else said it in the comments. I don't know who it is. Cause I'm blind. Sorry guys. But I did see somebody say something along the lines of, you know, cybersecurity is like 90% reading and researching. Right. So you're just, yeah. even if you can't afford her, if you're like, Oh, that's great and wonderful that they're talking about boot camps, I can't afford that. You don't need to like, you know, I've never taken a boot camp in my life. Never wanted to. Cause again, on the, on the job training is best, but also there's everything exists on YouTube. Okay. Like there's yeah. nothing that you so can. many free resources. So yeah. many. Yes. Um, now don't, don't listen to everybody on YouTube. Some people out there do not know what they're talking about, but they are definitely the good ones. You can find the good ones. It might ones. be me. Um, yeah. <laughs> In fact, we're going to have, we're going to have one of them on the show next week. Come, coming up next week on the next episode of cyber Queens. We have Heath Adams from TCM security, the cyber mentor himself. So he's a highly recommendable and followable YouTube channel. Um, if you're trying to learn hacking things, um, my final takeaway is going to be, and here I am coming with the offensive perspective per usual, um, that security awareness training, um, can be a great way to prevent against and make my job harder from things like spear phishing campaigns, things where I'm going to target and tailor my, my fishes and my fishes are works of beauty. So um, I will target it to your sales executives, to your finance people, to your internal audit people. I can tailor it to something they're more likely to click on. And the more, you know, diverse people we have executing security awareness training, the more likely you are to eliminate my feasibility of making that happen. So the harder you make my job, the better off you will be. Um, but also it is going to be too tailored that security awareness training, because I think the most effective training I ever saw was not super general and like hackers are bad. Watch out for them. It was, you know, seeing my own coworkers, it was seeing my own coworkers be like, this is our definition of PII. And this is, you know, some of the people we deal with. And like, if they're ever telling you to ACH them immediately, that will never be the SOP. Call this person, verify, check this thing, check this place. And I'm like, oh, you just gave me an actual procedure I could follow if I thought this was sus. Thank you for that. Yeah. So I just think it's a little more, a little more so, applicable and realistic, but that's just me. Anyway, we want to thank you, Caitlin, so much. This was so fun having Cybersecurity Girl on. I feel like we have so many celebrities on right now. We have Engineer Amber. We have Erica Insights. We have Miss Cybersecurity Girl. It's phenomenal. So, Meryl. um, yeah, Meryl's a celebrity. Too. Yeah, for real. The, <laughs> after, <laughs> after the year, you know, just <laughs> casual. No big deal. <laughs> we want thank you so much for spending your Friday afternoon or morning with us. Thank you again. Next week we have Heath Adams joining us. So be sure to tune back in for that. We're going to be talking about affordable, accessible, practical, realistic, um, upskilling in cyber skills, um, and, uh, and everything that he's doing with the good work over there. And, um, Caitlin, please tell the good people where they can find you. And if you've got anything coming up. Yes. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at cybersecurity girl, like no space. It's just all one word or cybersecurity underscore girl on Instagram. Um, and LinkedIn, I'm Caitlin Sarian. So I'll, I'll, I'll respond to you on LinkedIn if you're on LinkedIn. And, I'll 
And we'll link all of her profiles in the notes after this, um, as well as any links to anything that we mentioned and any research that supports anything that we said. I hope it's out there. <laughs> this has been another episode of Cyber Queen. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.